Are you seeking guidance to enhance your TRIO project's effectiveness and success? Look no further. Nosotros Education Center, NEC, is here to empower your TRIO project with expert consulting services. NEC's mission is to promote the effectiveness and impact of TRIO programs. Since 2003, NEC has specialized in providing professional development and in-service staff trainings, allowable cost services, for TRIO projects across the country. The team at NEC, with over 60 years of combined TRIO experience, offers customized workshops and seminars for project staff, compliance assessments, external evaluations, working on and submitting APRs, database customization and training, developments of policies and procedures manuals, and project implementation or reorganization services. Additionally, NEC has secured over $774 million in federal funding with a 92% success rate through their live and on-demand proposal workshops, assistance with data collection and review, detailed technical reviews, and comprehensive proposal development services. Join the hundreds of colleges, agencies, and TRIO projects across the country who benefited from NEC's expertise. Nosotros Education Center, your partner in TRIO's project success. Visit their website at nosotros.edu.org. Again, that's nosotros.edu.org. You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. This is Season 6, Episode 3. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have Catherine Ibarra, who is the director of the Trio Upward Bound Math Science Program at the College of the Sequoias in Visalia, California. Catherine is on the podcast to share her educational journey, her professional journey, and being the director for a TRIO Upward Bound Math Science program. So coming up in just a bit, Catherine Ibarra. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Jeff Naputi, 
Angelica Valdez, Felicia Rivera, Jaded Electronics, TrioJoblist.com, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to run an ad on our podcast, send us a message at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our handle is at Let's Talk Trio. Any amount is truly appreciated. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, alumni, or an advocate to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Catherine Ibarra, the director for the Upward Bound Math Science Program at the College of the Sequoias. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is the director for the Trio Upward Bound Math Science Program at the College of the Sequoias in Visalia, California. She earned her bachelor's degree in English education from California State University, Fresno, and her master's in psychology with an emphasis in life coaching from Grand Canyon University. She is a first-generation college student and the oldest in the family. She was born in Hanford, California, but is raised in Huron, California. Catherine is a very proud Latina who believes that education is priority. Some of her proudest work includes interview videos for California State University Fresno, where she shared her story about resources and food insecurity, and participated in a worldwide virtual conference, the Celebrate Your Story Conference. In her free time, my guest enjoys dancing, reading, free writing, spending time in nature with her family, often practicing self-care and exploring different places. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine Ibarra. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Juan, for having me. It is completely a true, true honor. It's had, it probably has been the last time I did a podcast, uh, probably was back in 2018. So this is my second one. It's been a Whoa. while. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to have you on the podcast and for Thank us to you. be your second one, which is amazing. <laughs> Again, appreciate you being on here. I appreciate that you're going to discuss your experience in TRIO and your educational journey. Yeah, for sure. I'm so ready for it. Cannot wait to just share what I, you know, what I'm all about and hopefully be able to inspire some people out there that might be like me as well. Wonderful. Uh, How are you doing? How are things in California? I'm doing pretty okay. Uh, A little bit more tired than usual, but hanging in there, California, I mean, it's California. I really don't know what else to say based (laughs) off of it. I mean, the weather changes, you know, things are happening, you know, stuff, you know, things come and go, but I mean... It it is what it is. I mean, just really happy just to, you know, be living and waking up every day and and do what I have to do. Absolutely. Well, we had our first uh, experience with uh with winter weather in in Colorado. We had just our first bout of snow. Uh, are you all feeling the fall weather in California? Not quite yet. Is it in transition? How would you describe the weather to someone who is not from California? Yeah, so right now we're in California. We're currently diving into like the the fall season. We're actually in fall season. So it's getting a little bit cooler. Um, I would say that for a person that um, is not from California, if you are a summer person, our summer, like if you really, really love summer, and I'm talking about like over 100 degrees because some people do. <laughs> I'm uh, one of them. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say probably come be here in California in June, but for sure July and August, I would say is like mm. our most hottest uh, months. But if you're more like me, like more kind of fresh, you don't, uh, yes, a little bit warm, but not too cold, I would say probably mm-hmm. fall. Right now we're transitioning where it's like now the mornings and nights are a little bit more cooler, but mm. throughout the day, it's, it's it's kind of warm, like it's okay, you know, you, um, you're out there without a sweater, but really... Um, probably towards the end after thanksgiving um it starts getting really cool and now if you're a spring person of course you love the blossoming just like myself blossom season um a, a good time to be in california would be either between i want to say march and april so just uh for my listeners out there who are wondering how does weather how's the weather of california there you have it so hopefully that motivates you to visit us one day <laughs> wonderful uh so we are recording this episode at the very start of november we we have about only one month left are there any items on your like to-do list for this year uh that you want to accomplish before this year is out yeah, well, I think work-wise, we have a really big report, um, and we'll probably we'll probably dive into it in just a bit. But for the, my listeners out there who are in trio APR, it is APR season. Woohoo! The best <laughs> time of the year. Um, that's that's one one of my biggest goals. And the second thing is being uh, able to plan for winter break. Very excited. Just have some time off, being able to visit my family um, up in Mexico. We tend to do that every winter break. Uh, just really Really looking forward to that and of course ending i'm a really big person just like how you mentioned earlier about um exploring or practicing self-care so being able to end with some type of reflection of 2023 how did i do what are things moving on to 2024 that i want to improve on so that i would say that would be the biggest uh things so speaking of things that you have accomplished in 2023 what is something that you're very apl- proud to have accomplished this year I would say growth. I have come a very long way and specifically with this, with my new role as the director, which we will get into a little bit more detail in just a bit. But growth, I think it's super important. We often, I feel like we don't really take advantage or just kind of pause and, and really go back and, and see, okay, how much have I grown? The, the Catherine who once started back in 2023 is definitely not the, the same one who is now i mean growth is so important and it's very we need to take the time to reflect and really make those pauses because it's really during those pauses that we really get to understand and and figure out ourselves out more absolutely so you named dancing free writing uh, hiking in nature or enjoying nature and then really practicing self-care how did you get interested in those hobbies and how did they develop for you Yeah, so dancing has always been a huge passion of mine. I've been dancing since age three. Um, For those who are, for my Hispanic culture, for those of you who are really fans of cumbia, cumbia is my favorite type of dance. Um, There is a really good uh, group or uh, in the name of Fito Olivares. He actually passed away a couple months ago, which was very, you know, it was very sad. But he's the one that started it off for me. I started dancing in my baptism when I was three years old, and that's where it all started. So dancing, I love it. I use it as a form to to relax i some i'm i'm the type of person that whenever i go to fiestas and parties i am always on the dance floor and i will be um <laughs> like on the dance floor for hours non-stop that's how yeah. much i love to dance and with that's reading awesome. and writing i mean i've always enjoyed it it's just i it relaxes me and nature 
I love I love nature. Nature fulfills me. It relaxes me. I always have to be outside. I can just be sitting down under a tree and just really, con- but really, truly connect with nature. I think there's a difference between seeing nature but actually feeling it. In the mm-hmm. words of um, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite life coaches and also podcasters, Trent Shelton, you'll probably often hear me mention um, him throughout this podcast. He once said that the a walk in nature walks the soul back home. And I truly, I and I truly believe that because sometimes we can be having the worst days, but a walk in nature can just help us calm and kind of brings us back together where we need to be. So, I, I mean, it, it's really all about just um just exploring. I I'm always looking for something new. Again, going back to growth, I want to become a better human being in this world, become a better daughter, a, a, a better worker, a better friend. You know, overall. So, I would say that's pretty much how my my um interest and all of these uh, all of my hobbies you know came about what draws you about family like what draws you in about family that gives you energy about family mm-hmm. um just i would say the the communication being able to have being, being able to be together and 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 share moments like up to this day i mean it's just i'm the oldest child and it's just me and my sister and even as adults you know we're both adults already and we're constantly um when we go out we know we tend to go out as a family and i know mm-hmm. other families they don't do that anymore they kind of it's usually just like the um the kids or maybe it's just uh you know the dad and one of the um you know um uh, so one of the uh, uh the daughters or sons or whatever but i feel like with us we've always had that like that close connection and i think that's super important absolutely uh, can we wind the clocks back a little bit, Catherine? Uh, can you share about your family and what your upbringing was like? Yeah, so like I mentioned, we've always been a family um, that we I would you know relate to, like being really close together. And I think a lot of it has um, comes from like my familia de Mexico, like my family from from there. My parents they have always um traveled we always travel like during the holidays like for for christmas and new year's that's that's where we are at you know during that time and because we have family that unfortunately cannot travel here to the u.s so we go visit them and i feel growing up in that in that lifestyle it uh, it has always um it has made me be the person who i am today yes i tend to be uh i tend to be a very shy girl uh and i think it all revolves back into just how the way how i grew up growing up at home it was it was always well. I always had the support of, of my family, but at school it was actually kind of a, a little bit rough. I was I was bullied often, mm. and I'm and not many people know this, but I was really bullied often, and so my self esteem was super low growing up. And it wasn't until when I got older and I finally realized, you know, where um like my value. That's where I really started. I that's where I feel like I really started living life. So with my family, we 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 take it really seriously. And shout out to and shout out to my to my family from La La Piedra Michoacan. That's where we are from. And so you know we're we just love it. We love it. It's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful um time always to go visit. And more than anything, celebrate traditions, keeping the, those alive. Like. When it comes to like uh, my family, my family in Mexico, my family from over there, we are constantly ce- celebrating traditions. So that that I feel like that's you know, growing up as a child, even up to this day, we still keep some of those traditions really alive, and that's what key that that's really who has made me the person today. That's wonderful. How would your family describe you? I would say, <laughs> um, 
pretty funny at times, a, a little bit overdramatic in a good way. <laughs> but that's, I mean, it's family. I'm in my household, so no one can tell me anything. That's when I can really <laughs> be my true self. So um, I would say that very creative. I always been a super creative person. And I think I got it from my mom. She's always been the type that she's like decorating the house. And mm -hmm. even for the holidays, I feel like we've become more closer. Like she'll be like, okay, you know, now we need to, now we need to um, decorate for this. Like right now we're decorating for Thanksgiving and then we're already excited to decorate for Christmas. I, I know mm -hmm. some people out there, they're like, oh, forget Thanksgiving. My Christmas <laughs> stuff are going up. Yeah. So yeah, um, creative and also really hardworking and patient. I've always been a very responsible, um, uh, daughter in person and my parents always taught me the you know those values of you need to work hard like being able to clean your room and 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 really be respectful like even at age five I was already I, I was already cleaning um the restroom I was already cleaning you Whoa. know the toilet at, at age five so wow. I started off very young and so I think my parents teaching me that um it made me become the responsible person like even at a young age you know doing laundry stuff like that which a lot of kids nor don't normally do at a young age I was already doing that because my parents taught me that so that's where I would say that they would um they would consider me being a very responsible and more than anything respectful respect was always huge in our household and up to this day like no matter what comes or what throws or what life throws at you be mm -hmm. respectful and you know move forward from there right on do you recall if school was something you were already interested in as as it started like for you going into elementary middle school things like that yeah so from the moment, and this is like a very weird moment, but from the moment that I walked into my kindergarten class, I knew that I was going to be in education. I didn't know really? what yet. Yes. I wow. remember going in there and it's just the room was filled with like the ABCs, the one, two, threes, super colorful. Mm -hmm. I remember we would often get these cookies, these like alphabet cookies that were super good, which FYI, I believe they are in Trader Joe's, so you can <laughs> Go check them out. <laughs> They're super delicious. I promise you. It's like you eat them nonstop. But I remember just that scenery. And I felt like, you know, this is where I belong. And I just... I know I, I I didn't know at the time what I wanted to be, but it just just something about school. I was like, mm -hmm. this is this is my life. Mm -hmm. uh, what were your favorite subjects? I always loved English, as you can tell. I mean, being uh, I've always loved reading and writing. I remember growing up back in elementary, they had these contests of like if you read like five hundred books or a hundred books, you get like a medal or something, which oh, yeah. I did. And so I have like this little um, kind of like plaque where it has my name and it's like engraved and stuff for like reading the like the most amount of books you know for the for the year so that mm -hmm. was really exciting and I remember in our public library they would have these like book clubs during the summer and I would be part of them so that's why that's how I got into English I I at one point I really loved math but then I hated it because they it just it just didn't make sense it was just super complicated and I still don't like it but I mean <laughs> I can't work my way through it and of course um uh, PE, I'm not sure if that would be considered a subject, but I mean, I loved, oh, I've, of course. Always, I've always been an, an active, um, an active student. Actually, a really cool, um, a really cool time of my elementary years was back in the second grade. I used to be out in the soccer field playing with all the boys. Like, uh, and I was the only really? girl. Wow. Yeah. There was just something, there was just something about just playing and like kicking the ball and just kind of getting dirty. Like, I don't know. It just, it really motivated me. And so, um, it, that, that, that's just one of the like, 
like the pretty cool moments that I got uh, that I got to experience. So that's that was in a way why I think I enjoyed PE and I've always been an active person, even though sometimes I can be lagging a little bit. But I mean, life happens. <laughs> and the last subject, the last subject I would say is AVID. I was part of AVID in my uh, my high school years and I loved mm-hmm. it. A lot of a lot of students get in it because of the field trips. They they as yes, they take us out to field trips, which is right. amazing. But I yeah. think Avid was the reason why it prepared me and it got me more interested in college. So I, I really I really enjoyed that. For for the audience that may not be familiar with Avid, can you explain a little bit about what the program is and what its intention, what it's supposed to do? Yeah. So I don't recall from at this moment what is I, I know Avid stands for something, but basically what Avid is is it's a class or a subject that prepares you for college. So they teach you how to do Cornell notes, and they're like really specific where you have to have a section like area where you write down questions. You have a oh. section that you write that you write down a summary and like your notes and stuff. They also prepare you an organization. Uh, I I think they still I think some of the schools still do it, but back in the day we used to have a five inch binder, and that's a really big binder and that we is would a big binder ha- yeah and basically we would have to organize all of our work that we would do for the class and we would get binder checks every friday i remember and students freaked out about that because they would actually we would get points deducted if we didn't have like the binder organized and i remember at the end they would even shake the binder and if something fell you would get points deducted because oh that, my gosh that yes that meant that you weren't organized <laughs> so people <laughs> wow. were afraid of those binder checks but basically um you would the whole point of Avid is it prepares you for college and they really stress the importance about getting those applications in letter recommendations. And so Avid, that's what um Avid did to me. And I I if if it was I honestly feel like schools should make a requirement for students to have Avid because it would really it, it would really benefit students and really keep them on track. So that's basically an overview of what what is it about. Okay. Uh did your family stress the importance of an education? All the time and oh, yeah? it, Yes, all the time. They're my so I come from a really migrant family. My parents worked in Los Feliz in the fields, and me. Um, so for those that don't know, like I'm, I'm, I live in in, in Huron, California. So it's really rural area. More than eighty five percent of our population is Hispanic. So my parents, growing up, they worked in the fields, and um, when my mom had my sister and I, that's when my dad said, you know what just you just stay at home and I'll take care of the rest so my dad worked in the fields for several years um and the when it comes to education um I always look back to my dad I I tend you know my dad has been a really big role model for me because growing up uh especially during uh during my years of high school things got very tough so my dad um my dad used to work in the Dusaka Corporation. What that means, mm. what that is, is like for those of us, including myself, that if you recycle like, you know, plastic or cans, you take them, you know, to that place and you get money for it, right? So my dad used to work in that. He worked in that for 10 years. The designated like corporation or area where he would pick all of his items and stuff was in, in, in Colinga. That's 20 minutes away from where I live. So for those that are, are listening, you're probably like, yeah, I, like I know where Colinga is. Yes. That's where, so that's, so that was where like the, plan was based I guess you can say and mm-hmm. my dad worked there for 10 years and growing up like I was again I was always a very curious person up to this day I, I still am and I wanted to work with my dad I wanted to help him out because at one point you know he was he would get tired and I I, I remember telling my dad hey dad I want I, like I just want to help you out he's like yeah sure and so I started going with him so basically he would go to different areas so I and thanks to that job it uh it allowed me to visit to get to know these places where 
Europe to this day, I still visit them and I, and I know the routes. So mm -hmm. we would, we would go travel to Mendota. We would go travel to, to Corcoran, um, Colinga, Avenal. So for all of my, you know, for all of my um, people that live in those areas, like, yeah, it's, they are pretty rural areas, um, very Hispanic background. And so my dad did that for 10 years and I was the one like dumping, like, like dumping all the recyclables in bags. And so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was well, the reason why I, I decided to, um, to help my dad was I just wanted to to learn more about responsibility and also like the 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 importance of valuing money at at first I started going just just for free but then my dad's boss was like you know what your daughter's actually doing a really good job she's she's being consistent every weekend let's go ahead and pay her and she, they oh, actually whoa. they actually paid me and at the time it was a lot of money for me it was 50 bucks per weekend at that hey. time <laughs> It was like a right? lot of money, you know. That yes, is a lot of money for a little it kid. Yeah. Was, it was. So like I was I remember saving it up and that really taught me to to be a saver so up to this day. Like I'm really good when it comes to like, you know, saving up. Like I know like my expenses and stuff. Sometimes I I do tend to get carried away, but I'm really good at, you know, coming back to saving. But unfortunately, after 10 years, um, you know, um, I think I want to say maybe it was like around the early or late 2000s. That's when the economy hit very bad and a lot of families got affected. And unfortunately, yeah. my my dad got laid off off his job. And so during that time, it was super hard for us. And so my dad had to go back to the fields after like over 10 years. And I remember at one point, my dad was waking up at three in the morning to, oh. to go to work. And for many, for, um, for many, um, of the listeners that are listening that have, you know, people that are still working in, in, in these fields, like it's a no big deal. Like, yes, they wake up at 3 a.m., but growing up, I know when I was when my when my dad worked in the fields, I was small, so I don't remember that. But but now seeing it as a teenager, that crushed my heart because there was nothing that I can do for my dad. I really wanted to help him out, but I was just a teenager in high school. My parents mm -hmm. they were always the type that if either you go to school or you or you work. They they never wanted me to do both because sometimes having both can distract me from my studies. So I had to pick mm -hmm. either one, and so that's why school was always a priority. So. During that time, you know, long story short, it was really hard. And, you know, it was like, I felt like I really wanted to help them. And then a position came to be a custodian. Mm -hmm. And, um, but before that, actually, uh, before my dad became a custodian, he actually ended up going to, um, to get his truck driver license because that was the only option. He even went to school after so many years. He had never gone to college and he went to college, you know, um, to get his, his, his driver's license to be a truck driver. He didn't want to be a truck driver because he knew that being on the road, he was going to miss a lot of, um, opportunities for us to see to see us grow he was going to miss special moments but at the time that was our only way out we were mm -hmm. suffering just like many other families and and my mom was concerned like we were all concerned because uh, especially you know i've heard i've heard a lot of stories of truck drivers that you know they drive you know long distance and some of them even fall asleep and that's when accidents happen and we were just like so concerned about my dad and um once he so once he like graduated and he got you know his, his certification we were like okay you know well you know you um now it's time to you know officially start you know start you know the the whole truck driving thing but then this is where the custodian um job came through to be a custodian a custodian there in in um in our same town for our middle school and i share this story because number one not many people take into consideration custodians and I will get to that in just a bit. But I, 
remember that my dad came in he's like oh well, well there's a position for a custodian they're just they just require a high school diploma because he did graduate from high school and i was like oh really dad and he's like yeah but i've never done it i've never done like a former interview that was like one of the most special moments that i have as a daughter to share with my dad because he asked me for like help i remember i would help him out with his interview questions and we would mm-hmm. even practice and he and he would even say like so how do i dress like that moment for me like it was like you know i still get teary about it every time i talk about it i promised myself i wouldn't do this in this podcast because <laughs> it, cr- it crushes me every time but it was just having knowing that my dad had an opportunity to work in town um and not only save gas but be close to us was really huge for us so it was a big thing there at that time so long story short he got the job finally and now um he he transferred to our elementary school which is right across the street from our home so he just his gas is just walking steps like i like yeah. to say it so um you know gracias a dios you know you know thankfully thank god that um everything worked out everything happens for a reason but the reason why i said why custodians are important is because thanks to my dad it has helped me to value education and helped me to value employees to not see them by their titles because everyone is just the same everyone has a heart everyone is a human being it's just we have you know different jobs and so going so going back you know to why why that is important in education my dad always told me like don't become a me yes you know custodians you know um we have it rough um he has come he has he often comes to the house and says i can't believe that you know they left me this they left me that and it's not that he that he complains but there are certain things that i feel like we can help custodians with so mm-hmm. my dad always told me you know what the, ne- the the next time that you get a job make sure that you remember you appreciate your custodians because we get underappreciated a lot we often get seen like we're like oh we're like the geeky people we're like the people that just throws a trash but they're more than that so mm-hmm. thanks to my dad being a custodian that allowed that has taught me like the the morals of being humble and kind in the education field and so it's been super important he always said get yourself a job where you can be in the ac when it's like over 100 degrees where mm-hmm. you can be in the warm and stuff like that and so it all goes back to like the importance of higher education. He always told us, and he, and my mom too. But I feel like my dad more because he comes from a background where, so, so he had like some of his relatives that went to that went to college, um, and so he kind of understands a little bit more because my mom never went to college. My dad, you know, has those, you know, that 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 background with his fa- some of his family members, but he always stressed it out, and I think that's what helped me to kind of stay true to education, and that's why I am here. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that part of your story with us and sharing your dad's story as well. I think it's really important for the audience to hear the context of like your inspiration to continue on to college. So the next part of my question, I think you kind of answered it already, but you kind of want to know a little bit more about what that college discussion was like with your family. Was it difficult to bring up like, how are we going to pay for this? Uh, What are you going to do once you transition out? Who's going to help the family out? Um, Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So 
I knew that when going to college that I, and I'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but I always knew that I wanted to stay nearby because I wanted to help on my, my, my family. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily hard in the sense of like, oh, where I want to go. It was more like hard of like, oh, how much is the cost? That's often like the, the main thing that, that people, um, that people get concerned, like how much is this going to cost, you know, because mm. education is, it's not, it's expensive. I mean, it's free in some ways, but in others, it's, it's really, it's really pricey. So I think that was like the biggest thing. And I know like, even for my mom too, like some, you know, being a mom, I can only imagine like having your, your kids far away from you. It's going to hurt, but I didn't do it. I, I didn't stay home just be, you no, know, because my, you know, my parents told me so, but because I wanted to, I just felt like it was right. I, it was just right for me, but being able to, to just continue being with them, it has really helped out. And many people out there probably listen to this. Um, I because I've I've I had I, like I have been told like you know what like do all oh, you used to live with your parents you know like why is that? Um, you don't want to pay rent. So it it has nothing to do with that. First of all, right, right. right now houses are super expensive, as you as we know. <laughs> yes, super yes. expensive. So, but. For me, I mean, it's always helped out. I think living at home has helped me to really stay true to myself and have those morals. Like, it's a constant reminder, like, hey, remember, you know, this is this is who you are and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, college, it, it wasn't really hard at all. It was always it was always like my parents. Hey, have you done this? Have you done that? Always kind of keeping me on check to ensure that everything was, you know, in place. Wonderful. How did you prepare for college? I know you took uh, avid courses in high school, but in what other ways did your family or you prepare for college? Yeah, so avid was one of them, like how I mentioned before. And then having the conversations, I think that was big with my family. But another thing too, I think that really helped me was surrounding myself with those people that had the same goal. Like we often hear, you know, there's really good influences and bad influences. And growing up, I, again, I was very shy. I I consider myself a very... I'm a, I, a very introvert person. I'm mm-hmm. very shy, especially when it comes to work meetings. When when I'm in a really big group, I can really shut down because imposter syndrome really hits hard. But mm. you know, now in my new role, I have I have to be an extrovert. I have to be out there and recruiting and talking to parents and, and students. And so sometimes it switches. But I would say surrounding myself, like whether that was with friends or counselors, like I had to be. I was very careful with the type of people that I that I surrounded myself with. Like if I knew that there was some you know some kids in and and um that were going in the wrong path i would just stay away because sometimes the influences can be very strong and and yeah my parents always and again it goes back to my parents always said you know what you um you you um you better not do this you better not do that like having the whole talk about like you know doing drugs you know that like that was a automatic no growing up and so that's that i think that's what really helped me out to prepare for college like having that right support system is going to get you to where you want to get to absolutely so you ended up choosing california state university fresno for your bachelor's degree what led to that decision how how did you arrive to csu fresno yeah, so before Fresno, actually, I attended West Hills Community College, Colinga. Oh, shout wow. out, okay. yeah. So shout out to um to my to my team, specifically to my library team, because that's where I, because that's where I um where I uh, where it all started for me. But that's where actually where I started. So it was two year institution, and so 
I originally wanted to go straight to to for a four year, which was Fresno State. I we had actually visited with Avid one time, and I loved the I love the campus. Fresno State actually has changed a lot. For those who mm. who don't know, it's it's expanding more. Beautiful, beautiful new buildings and and a lot of resources that were not available when I was a student. So it's really good mm. not, that now that we have it. But honestly, I one like I mentioned, I, I want to be I wanted to be um, close by home, and also like I said, I love the campus. But there was just something about going to a two year that I think was the reason that it prepared me to go to California State University Fresno, because during the two year it was more small. Uh, I was able to really understand, you know, in addition to taking general my general ed classes, I was. I was starting to really understand little by little what it meant to be a college student because they don't teach us how to really be a college student. Yes, it's important to go to school, but Mm -hmm. what does it mean to turn in, you know, your assignments, you know, by midnight? What does it mean to go to to, um, your professor's office hours? Like there's so many things that really they don't teach you you have to really figure it out on your own and of course that's where these resources and these programs come in and I was really involved I was like in three different programs in in community college I was like a president of our trio club Mm -hmm. Uh, you know hello I'm also a trio alumni and so and I actually was uh the graduation speaker for my 2014 class which was one of the like one of my big goals that I had never done, my, my, my biggest public speaking event ever. I spoke over like 500 people that day, which is nice. But mm-hmm. going first to West Hills, Kalinga, it, it helped me to transition to Fresno State. So once I, so once I went to Fresno State, I felt like I was more equipped. I, I felt more comfortable. But even then, like it was super, it, it was like very big. So it was different. But I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm a, I'm a forever friend of state, you know, I'm a bulldog, I'm a bulldog alumni and I just, I just love the, the friend of state family. It's home. wonderful. Yeah. So you said you were, uh, you were also a trio alum. Uh, was it only for student support services or was it for upper bound? Well, yeah. What, what are the trio programs did you participate in? Yeah. So I, I was actually, I was part of um student support services program. So mm-hmm. I actually didn't want to, I, I didn't want to be part of trio at the beginning. Oh, really? Like, okay. No, so we, we got to have that origin story. What happened? Yeah. So basically, uh, we were a really big clique and, um, at the time, like probably like around 10 or 15 of us. We were always, so, so there's like this like, um, chess quad area and there's like four tables. We would always be outside. And I remember seeing the, the, the supervisor or like the director at the time always walk by. She would always say, Hey, there's trio, you know, do you guys want to be part of it? And we were saying no until one day, that that director she's like let's go and i'm like uh where and like let's go we're going to trio i'm like um okay <laughs> so i was kind of forced to be part of trio and then from there uh-huh. that's where the like that's where everything opened up so we started attending and i started you know letting my friends know we all became part of the group we started mm-hmm. going to the filtrism stuff and then from there they started we started changing like the different um like the vice president the presidents like all of, lot of all, like all of that board I eventually was appointed vice president. And then from there, I became president of the actual trio club. So in addition to SSS, there was also a trio club on campus. So that's how I, that's how I also got involved. So I never wanted to be part of trio and that's how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of forced into it. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was about to ask you, what type of support did you receive both at the community college and at the state university level? Because it sounds like uh, a lot of the resources that existed were either you're like, you know what? Uh, and, and admittedly, right, first generation students, it's hard yes. for us to ask for help. So, yeah, what, what type of support did you get? 
Yeah. So in addition to, like I mentioned, SSS, I was part of the mentor program at West Hills. So I was a mentor. I was technically a mentor. They're like kind of like tutors, but you're really mentoring students. You're helping them. You're keeping up uh, up to date with like with their like their academics and really being that type of mentor, you know, during their college journey there. So I was part of that. I was also part of the EOPS program. Um, and specifically my counselor was amazing like I met with her I think having those like services meeting with my counselor on a monthly basis and being really consistent about it like actually wanting counseling that was super helpful and I know they had we we had these workshops that were mandatory that we had to attend in these events and because mm-hmm. of my involvement actually like at the end of um at the end of the year or when we graduate they ha- they host this ceremony and I actually was chosen um EOPS student of the year and I I and I got like this like really cool plaque or star award and mm-hmm. like just that just goes to show like being involved and using the resources gives you those free stuff as a student so mm-hmm. those things is what um really you know gave me support and when I went and when I was at Fresno State I was part of the EOP education opportunity program um that again it was kind of similar to the services that I that I had in West Hills basically they hosted workshops um of academics they had they hosted events and then at the end they would have like a ceremony to kind of celebrate like the whole year how we mm-hmm. had done and stuff like that so I would say like those programs, just being involved, just knowing what's out there for you. And more than, more than anything, seeking your counselor, at least for me, was super helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, can you talk to us about your college experience? What was that like? So it was very scary. <laughs> uh, I, I, especially when I transferred, because when you're, when you're going from a two-year university, it's super small, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you go, when you transfer, it's like a whole different world. I remember like the first couple of weeks, it took me a while to really adjust. And I had no friends. I had no idea who to hang out with. It really wasn't until when I started going to my actual major classes when I started making those friends or at least those, those colleagues where I can, you know, interact and exchange numbers and, and, and help each other out. So mm-hmm. it was, it was scary, but it, like I said, I think part of that really helped me to understand how the, the color journey, um, really was. And it exposed me to meet new people. Like, I feel like I had, I was forced to meet new people because mm-hmm. I was on my own. You have to make friends at, eventually at some point because you just never know when you can either help. And of course it's, it's, and it's a really nice thing to know that you have people that you can rely on, but it was, um, it was very rough. Um, I remember like even, like the like doing the whole homework stuff it was super it, like it was it, it was really super hard i like there was one time where i had to like i I went to sleep at three or four in the morning and I had to wake up by five because I had Ooh. to do a very important project like yes we will pull up uh, i will pull up um those uh, um how do they call it um all nighters yeah all nighters mm-hmm. sometimes because I had very important stuff so and that and my experience in that aspect was super busy, especially especially as a as an English major. But even even then, as a first generation college student, you're really figuring stuff like out on your own. Like my sister, that you know, she now we have tons of resources available, like in many like you no know, worldwide now that I feel like 
you know the this next this next generation has it a little bit more easy i'm not saying that it's gonna always gonna be like that but there's tons of things now that back then like it wasn't offered but i would say like being first generation especially the oldest child it is tough because you don't have that figure like guiding you and so like for, for instance my sister she had me and you know she grew up seeing me go to college and she followed those footsteps and now she's actually she's a kindergarten teacher and i'm very proud of her and so that just yeah yeah. so that goes to show that you know yes if i might have it was scary i struggled through it but your struggle is like might was helpful for someone else so Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. my experience so so you majored in uh english education uh was that an evolution like you eventually did declared into english education or was that something straight out the bat that you were like i'm gonna declare english education it was I I think as I moved forward, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm going to declare English ed just because, like I mentioned before, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed reading and writing. It was just something that 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 fulfilled me. I actually originally wanted to teach. I wanted to be an English teacher, and I was looking into middle middle school or high school because that was just my passion. I like I had that that career in my head for years. I was so passionate about it, mm-hmm. but and really, when I graduated my last semester. I decided to change careers. I didn't change majors because it was too late already. I was already graduating. <laughs> so there was like, I couldn't go back, but I don't regret it at all because thanks to my English um, ed major, it has helped me in other areas of, in my role. But I originally wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. However, that that changed and I'm really glad it changed. And, you know, and we'll, and we'll get to that in just a bit. But um, the reason why it changed was because of Upper Bound. And so... Um, I, and I don't regret it, but yeah, English has always been, I guess it just down the line, I enjoy it. And I'm like, you know what, this is like the most subject that, or the major that makes sense to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Right on. So was this program challenging or what do you remember most about it? Oh, so much reading. Oh, the readings. (laughs) Let me tell you, the readings were very stressful. Like, as an English major, I'm sure a lot of in the, my to my English folks, you know, hearing this can relate. Especially if you're taking like three or like three or four English courses, which I wouldn't recommend. I feel like the most that I took in a semester were two or at least three, because it was tons of reading. Those readings were like super long, and I'm telling you, like sometimes it would be like a book, and then and additionally, um, you had to read like three or four chapters of that book and addition like an article it was like so it was stressful sometimes because i did not have the time i had to skim through it sorry mm, to my yeah. sorry to my professors <laughs> but i had to skip through it i really the degree's already awarded right it's, it's right it's too late. <laughs> i really had to skip through it i was like i'm sorry but i just didn't have the time and so um on top of that i think when it came to like even the the essays oh every time when i would write the essays and just wait for that grade that was so nerve-wracking because Mm, especially after you know working very hard on it you know going you know and getting help i was that i was always that student that went to my professor hours or office hours so Mm -hmm. to any to any of my students hearing this when you if you're in college or when you go to college please seek your seek your professor during their office hours i cannot stress how important that is that really helped me and so I utilized that resource. I remember also going to the tutoring center um, at, at Fresno State, and it also helped me. But those grades, man, like every time when I would get like 
if I saw a grade that I was not satisfied with, I was like, man, like I worked so hard and I felt like I deserved this. I deserved a better grade. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was, you know, it was for whatever reason. But yeah, it was very stressful. It wasn't the best time, but I did. I did eventually learn something. Right on. Uh, did you get involved with uh, Fresno State uh, on campus? I know you mentioned the Trio Club and uh, some organizations, but were there other organizations that you were like, you know what, I also want to dip my toes in there and get be a part of this thing over here. Some mm-hmm. students become part of student government. Yeah. Yeah. So my case was different. I was a commuter. I was tra- I was commuting to Fresno State. So from Fresno to Huron, it's a one hour drive plus traffic. Whoa. Yeah. So I did that for three years because I was at Fresno State for three years. And as a commuter, it was really difficult for me to be involved because there was I know there was like in a case of like club organizations, they had they they had these specific, you know, meetings on a weekly basis that you had to attend. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't able to commit to that. But I did got involved in other ways. Like, for example, anytime that they had like events, I was always out there, like really showing my face, getting to meet new people, even though, again, like. It, it kind of it, it sounds kind of weird saying this because I just mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm a big introvert but sometimes if like I have to be an extrovert if I really want to learn and grow so I kind of force myself to put myself in that position but mm-hmm. th- but that was one way that I got involved but really for me it was actually social media I used oh, I really? utilized social media specifically Twitter at the mm-hmm. time I was really connected with Twitter and I started just sharing like a bunch of like just things that I was doing at school. And thanks to that, that landed me really great opportunities like to record uh, three interview video, three, three interview videos for Fresno State. One was for Fresno State Student Cup Board about, fu- about, about food insecurity. And mm-hmm. that video is actually um, out on YouTube. It's only two minutes. But I just basically share my story about like how it was, you know, getting the resources, like the free items, the free food and stuff like that. And then I was chosen by one of my counselors to um, share my story. Like it was a quick 30 seconds. But for me at that time, it was like, I meant the world to me because they could have went with a lot of students and they went with me so it was a huge honor for me and then in addition to that I was also part of a community food bank interview video where I got to share a little bit more about like just the importance of really going out to your community and seeking those free resources because even growing up you know we we often struggled of course like who doesn't love free food right now we have these resources that can really make a, a difference in these families lives and so and because of my involvement through Twitter, just just being a regular college student and sharing my story, it led me to land these these positions. And I have to give a huge shout out to um, uh, the first lady and the uh, president at the time, was, which was um, Joseph Castro and Mary. They were the ones that really helped me and the reason why I landed those positions. I remember I even I even got um, to go to a jewelry store um, in Fresno to mm-hmm. speak to and it was and I was speaking in front of these like business like these tire of people and I was just I was just a student and they believed in me to share my story and like I literally had like a podium and a mic you know and I just felt like I was like the president of a like of, <laughs> of like the United States you know just, right, I was right. just I was just enjoying my moment at the time but just having those those small things for me like that was my involvement it wasn't so much like on campus but it was more like through social media I utilize social media as a tool to to share positivity and to inspire others right on uh talk to us about the moment you graduated from college what was that like for you 
it was a relief. <laughs> I felt like it was, <laughs> I was like, finally, I was done. But I have to say that so many emotions, if it's a very emotional knife for those, at least for me, I'm, I'm a very emotional person because I really feel a lot. And so I remember when, um, well, first of all, during your, your graduation goes by very fast. Mm-hmm. And so you just, there's, there's certain things that you just don't remember because just the emotions, the, the, the energy, you just, you're just really into it. Like you're, you're finally walking down the aisle, but to get your diploma, it's a really big thing. And so mm-hmm. I remember it was, um, uh, it was a moment where I felt like I beat the odds. It does go by so fast, like I mentioned. And, and really it, it was like that moment where it showed me, that I was, I was going to be the good example for my other relatives, like other cousins that, you know, mm-hmm. that potentially they wanted to, to seek an, an, an education. So it was super fun. I will say that, uh, super fun. You really, oh my gosh, I, anyone that is like wondering to walk, like, because of course you have the option either to just graduate and get your diploma or walk walk just walk please i always encourage my students if you have the opportunity to graduate walk and it does not matter what age you are because i've had i i you know back in my former institution i worked with college students and a lot of the population was like really like 40 and over and mm-hmm. so some of them were like i'm not sure if i want to gra- like walk you know i'm like no like walk you know yes one thing is graduating and i'm not saying it's a bad thing if you choose that but if you if you're like undecided like if if your age or something is holding you back don't let that be the reason why you don't go out there and celebrate have fun it's you don't get to walk uh, you know to for your diploma every day like Mm -hmm. that's your moment to shine so i mean it was just so much fun absolutely now did you get uh you decided to also pursue a master's degree which we'll get to here in just a bit but did you do that immediately after graduation or did you give it some space to breathe before you thought about going uh the master's route yeah, well, actually, my story is, it was kind of a little bit different. So I, right when I graduated, of course, I felt like I wanted to get to, uh, I wanted to get my master's and I actually applied to a program there at Fresno State where I attended. But unfortunately, I got the night twice. And it was, uh, it was oh, a really, it, it was a really big bummer. Yeah, the first time I want to say, like, I felt like I didn't give it my, like, I didn't give it my best. So I mm-hmm. know it was on my end, but the second time it really hurt because I remember I was commuting on my own time to meet with like counselors that were already in the program. They were looking through my application and they even said I had a really good shot. And then for me, to, for me to, to see like the letter coming in to say, sorry, but we cannot accept you. It was a really big bummer. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of the time where I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like I have to either keep on trying or, 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 or find a job. And so from there, um, I, um, that's where my current position, um, back at, back at West Hills is where it started. And I'm like, okay, I basically just got the experience. And then later on, that's when I decided that, um, that I got my master's. So that was pretty much the, um, the timeline, how it all began. Wow. Uh, so talk to us about that work experience after graduation. Uh, did you find a job immediately right after? Did you take some time to look for a job? Yeah. What, what was that like? It took me about, I want to say, over, like a year to to actually land my, my full-time position. And so at the time I was working like with other jobs. 
Mm-hmm. with other jobs and like part-time or like a few hours and then this position this position came up like to to be um, a tutor specialist so it, it so it it um it took me a while but eventually like I landed that position it was my first ever full-time position really enjoyed it but um it's it's really tough I mean some students get really lucky where they find employment right away while others they struggle and I totally mm-hmm. get that I know a student that is in the same boat right now where he was attending UC Irvine and he came back he's back in town and he's looking for employment and it's almost going to be a year and he's still in the same boat so mm-hmm. I mean it, it was really it was really rough to find employment and thing and thankfully I was able to to land it like near home mm-hmm. so you decided to pursue a master's in psychology uh what inspired you to pursue this degree so a master's, I knew that I wanted, if I ever wanted to go above the bachelor's, I, it would be my master's. But what really inspired me, I would have to say, was back in 2017. So I went through a very tragic experience that I don't think we normally we normally refer to ourselves in this way. But again, the um the famous author and podcaster and life coach Trent Shelton, like I mentioned earlier, he uh, in one of his podcasts he once said that often we um we always hear people say oh we always hear of people dying right you know people mm-hmm. die every day and stuff unfortunately but mm-hmm. what and yes they die physically but there's also that aspect of people die mentally and emotionally and when he mm-hmm. said that I was like huh like that really got to me and up to this state. That's just something that I can never forget. So basically I, I, I went through this really bad experience where it, I truly believe that I got killed mentally and emotionally. I was very lost where I felt like I was re- really low, um, at a really low point in my life. And it came to a point where I just, I, I was tired of feeling how I was feeling. I didn't, I just didn't have, I didn't have how they say, you know, in Spanish, animals, like just mm-hmm. the energy to, to really move forward. It was just like, I didn't have inspiration. I didn't have motivation. And mm-hmm. I felt like I, like there was just one day I remember waking up and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I am not, I am not improving. I am not being successful. I hate how I'm feeling. I need to, I need to change this up. So I, I really wanted, I wanted to feel alive again because I mm-hmm. felt like I was living, but at the same time, I was, I was, I was dead. I felt like I was like half and half. And that's, that's a little bit, a little bit hard probably to understand for those hearing this, but that's how I felt. I felt like I was just, I, I, I had like, I had no purpose. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what was my purpose. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to find, to find that light again. So I started, um, my my masters what what it really did for me is it allowed me to love myself and and it allowed me to really find that that light again and this strength that i thought that i thought i didn't have thanks to my masters i it really helped me to to really understand like who is really Catherine Ibarra like who do mm-hmm. i want to be mm-hmm. in life and 
And it really also holds a special place in my heart because I actually graduated back with my master's back in 2021. And it was exactly one day before Thanksgiving. That's why November is a very special month for me. In addition to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. every day is a day to be thankful. But because I graduated with my master's and I got my master's because of that reason that I wanted to really improve my life and really change my life and feel happy again. That's why it holds a really special meaning, which is why my favorite number is 21 because mm. of my master's. And it was a year that I, I that I found myself, that I, I really got to enjoy and just really love the beauty in and out. That's awesome. That's awesome, Catherine. Uh, so talk to us about that grad school experience. Is it different, that much different from your undergrad experience? Yeah, so... It is, I would say it's different in the sense that you are just focusing on just your, your grad, like your, your major. So your bachelor's, like your, um, yeah, your bachelor's, it's a little bit combination of like a little bit of general ed and then like your major, right? Mm-hmm. Your grad, your, your grad school is nothing but just your major. For me, I had to, I did mine online because at the time I was fully employed. I, you know, and being, ha- having a full-time job while going to school, it's tough. And so, I had to do it online because that was during the year that the pandemic hit. I had to make a decision. Right. That's right. So I knew that I wanted to be, I, I remember when I started um, working as a tutor specialist, I knew that at one point I wanted to go back to school to get my master's. And I remember, I remember my, my boss at the time, he kept on pushing me, Hey, are you getting your master's? I'm like, yeah, but just give me like at least one or two years to get like familiar with my, towards my job. Then I, then I'll eventually, then I will eventually m- make the decision. Well, then, Guess what? The pandemic hits. We had, we shut down. We had no idea what was going on. So it was mm-hmm. like the best time. It was like now or never. So I didn't know, like there was so much in the unknown at the time. And I felt like what I need to do something. I, mm-hmm. I, it's either I go to school or I wait, but how long will this wait be? Because everything was shutting down. And so right. that's where I started doing research. And then I came across Grand Canyon University, a, a private college in, 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 in Arizona. And in Phoenix, Arizona, and I started doing research, and then that's where I saw um, psychology, and specifically, what really caught my attention was the life coaching emphasis. Because during my time that I was discover, where I was um, discovering this new person, trying to love myself back, I was really into life coaching. I was attending these life these life coaching sessions for free. The pandemic, but unfortunately, it was really it brought so much so much uh dark darkness but at the same time it brought so many free things so many like resources online at the time and a lot of these life coaches they were hosting stuff for free because mental health was becoming a very big issue people were just they were going all of us were going through a tough time we were all scared we Mm -hmm. just had no idea what was going on and so I started joining those and that's what really got me into specifically psychology with life coaching and and actually the, the pretty, the pretty cool thing about that is, um, one of those life coaches, again, Trent Shelton, for example, again, I'm a big fan of him. For those who don't know, go check him out. He is amazing. I actually, during the pandemic, he would host these like workout sessions, like Zoom workout sessions because mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. couldn't go out. And so that was our way, our exercise. And he would always have these Q and A's at the end. And I got to speak to the very own Trent Shelton, like actually, speak like ask him a question i have it all on video but i was just like a really cool moment but mm-hmm. um but you know but, but going back to my grad experience i think it would taught me about it and 
but even though it was online, it taught me the importance of um, going at your own pace, time management. You really have to manage mm-hmm. your time. Like you really, oh, absolutely. You're really learning on your own, especially on uh, in the online world. Like you have to, you have to know. Okay, when do I ha- when can I set time to to do this or 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 do that? And so mm-hmm. it, it was. It really taught me a lot about like being um consistent with my time and of course the best thing of all i got to visit arizona for the very first time had never gone we actually went down there for my graduation i got to walk Mm. again for the second time for my master's yeah so and it was it was super long i i I did not like the the commute so long man (laughs) i wouldn't i i would probably fly out next time drive i'm not so sure it was too long (laughs) too long but i mean i got to see the campus for the very first time um my family and i we got to um buy some swag where we ended up taking like a family photo with like all with with like Grand Canyon swag and it was mm-hmm. actually pretty cool because um they had like shirts for like all the family so they had a shirt for the dad the mom and the sister and so mm-hmm. we have a like a portrait like that so that was oh pretty- that's awesome yeah so my grad school I would say like if I had to choose between like grad school and and the bachelors I would say I would pick grad school more than anything yes it is a lot of work but it's it, it's doable like you're really working at your own pace like you're figuring your schedule out versus like the uh, like your batches you're you're still trying to you know figure things out you're still taking a little bit of here a little bit of there but mm-hmm. gra- but grad school it's like you're fully on like you're you're you like you're already an expert and you're just, right. and you're just and you're just becoming more of an expert i guess you can say right on yeah um so you're 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 a tutor specialist at this point uh you're you're going to grad school at what point did you get, did you realize about this position about the director for the Upward Bound Math Science and what inspired you to apply? Yeah. So my eyes, I mentioned that I was a TRIO alumni and I'm forever will be a TRIO uh, person at heart, but it really goes back to my Upper Bound kiddos. I was, I worked with the Upper Bound program at Whistles, um, at Whistles Kalinga for five years as a RA residential advisor. I worked with them. Uh, shout out to all my kiddos, um, from San Joaquin, Mendota, Tranquility, Huron, Colinga, Three Rocks, I think Fireball too. You know who you are. Those, um, kiddos, they changed my life. And that's going back to when I said that I wanted to be a teacher. Well, Upper Bound was the reason why I decided to, to change careers, but, uh, as a tutor specialist, I, I really, I really, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed it, but after a while, I felt like it was time for me to like fly. I wanted something new. I, I wanted a new challenge and, uh, my, and my library, um, my library team at Westhills knows this, that I, um, I was always, um, very passionate for students and they know my, my history with upper bound. And so they always told me, Hey, you should apply for the director position. Cause I mm-hmm. told them, um, I told them that this position, my new, my current role right now had opened up here at COS. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I was, at, at first I just applied just to apply. And I'll say this right, because right. I, um, at the time when I was, um, when I was looking for different positions, I applied to like, I cannot, I cannot recall how many times I applied, how many jobs, but I just applied and I thought I didn't have a chance of, uh, of getting this job. And the reason why is because I was getting, I was getting rejections from coordinator positions. And from mm. my understanding, you know, coordinator positions are below the director. So I felt if I'm getting rejections from the, from these coordinator positions, what makes me think that I'm going to, that I'm going to get 
the job of a director. When mm-hmm. I was working with my Upperbound Kiddos, and this was from 2014 to 2017, 2018, mom, at the time, I always... I was very well connected with my students and up to this day, I'm still really well connected. I have written several of letter, of letters recommendation, um, to them. And, and so I'm really still well connected with a lot of them and I've just seen them grow. Some of them have already gotten married, have, have had their families. I'm just like, wow. Oh my gosh, it's just, it's incredible. <laughs> it's, I mean, we have really had become a familia and that's what true mm-hmm. is all about family. And so. At the time, my my kiddos always told me, Missy Barra, like you, you really, if you ever get the chance to become a director, apply for you, be a good director, Missy Barra. And the more they told me that, the more I got inspired. But of course, at the time when I was a tourist specialist, like there, it's funny because when I started there, um, the director position at that college had opened up. But I mean, mm-hmm. I had just started as a tourist specialist, so the 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 timing was off, and it wasn't until. You know, recently when I when I when I saw this position, I was like, oh, the director, you know, the for trio opened up. So I just applied. Right. And so I applied. And uh, the funny story before I get into how, you know, eventually everything happened was so we have a, a specialist. We have a specialist position under um, under uh, um, under my department. And they actually had interviews November of last year. I applied mm-hmm. for that at that time because I was still in, in the pro- in the process of, you know, applying for jobs. I applied for that. I came in for an interview for the specialist position in the same department right. a year ago, like, you know, today. Right. And I went for it now and, and I felt pretty good. I'm like, okay, this, if I ever want to become a director, this, this would be a good opportunity for me to, um, to get experience and then eventually move on up to the director. Well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I didn't get the job to be the specialist mm-hmm. for this position. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. But fast forward to now, it's funny that I didn't get the specialist position, but now I'm the director. So yeah. it was it, it, and it's in and it's within the um the, my same department. So I, I so I applied. And then um, I remember within a few days later, I get the call like, hey, we want to interview you for the, the, the director position. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a OK. Um, It's just the first interview, not a big deal, but it's, I'm OK. It is a big deal. But um, but it's like, again, I, I didn't want to keep my hopes up because right, right. I had applied to so many other jobs. And I was like, no, this um, this cannot be. And so then after my first interview, I get the call the next day. Hey, we, we want you for a second interview. That's when I was like, oh, shoot, it is getting real. This is more serious. <laughs> so I yeah. went, so I went in, so I, before, so the day of my second interview, I remember that I was killing time. I was outside of the building where they were going to interview me. And then the president, um, our president, um, Brent Calvin, shout out to him and his team, um, walks. Um, he, um, he approaches oh. me and he says, hey, are you one of the people that were in? Interviewing, I'm like yes, and then we um and we introduced each other, and he's like, oh, you know, uh, are you so and so's cousin? Because I had a cousin that played basketball here, and I'm like, yeah. So that interaction helped me to not feel as nervous when I went in there. So that's exactly how it happened. So I went in there, I felt like I crushed it. I basically was myself, and then um I was like, you know what? I went, I walked out of there, and I was like, you know what? It's God, it's in your hands. Está en tu manos, Dios. And I was like, if it's meant for me, it's for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. literally, I remember I after that, I went to go eat lunch because I hadn't ate lunch. I was super nervous. And then after eating lunch within like a little over an hour, that same day, I got the phone call for the offer. So, whoa. Yeah. That's so amazing. I, 
I got so it wasn't even like a day or two it was like and it's funny because during my interview our president was like well this is you're in you're in a really good um the competition is very high so when he said that he made me believe like oh I either I, that, oh. I have a yeah. chance yeah like uh, or I don't but then yeah. uh, when he called me and it was him he's like hey we we just felt like you would be a great fit for the team you know please be you know please be with us and so they were really so considerate and they allowed me to think about it a day and and um and walk it through um with my family and stuff i walked it with my family they have been super they were super supportive they were like well mija if you if you know it's a good opportunity for you you have, you have been looking for it go for it that like they were really big on that also to my boyfriend too he was a big support up to this day as well and so that's basically how it happened and i never would have thought that i would become a director but from if you're if you're looking at it from the moment I started um, as an RA till now, that's nine years later that I'm here as a director. Yeah. Wow. So it's a, a bittersweet moment for me. That's wonderful. Congratulations, Catherine. Really. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so give us a rundown about Upper Bound Math Science. What is it about and what services does your program offer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm still just so for those that are um, listening to this, I am just about to complete three months. So I am still fairly learning. And what I've learned so far is we we have a, a variety of different resources. We offer anything such as from academic and uh, and counseling. We have Saturday sessions where we meet with the students and we, ha- we host workshops, educational workshops. We have after school tutorial sessions where we help students out with their homework. And again, we bring in like presenters or presentations in regards to like college, um, um, anything around the the um the college world and stuff like that. We also and one of the cool things about in addition to that is we we do these educational um college tour visits, and where we take students to these um institutions for them to get to um really see how the college is, know where it is at, um, get to learn more about their resources. Uh, students really love that about the program because they get to visit um our um. Well, they get to visit like their like their dream school, you know. I mean that. I mean that's literally what I did with Avid. So mm-hmm. they really love that. And of course, we also offer stipends. Like these checks, students actually get paid to be part of our program as long as they pass their grades and they they have good attendance and they basically behave and stuff. So that's basically what we um what we offer from what I've learned so far. Basically, the overview. But for me, as a as a as a new director, I want to mix it up. I want to be able to make it fun where I can bring, if possible, these big people like that well known to our students because it just it just makes the stuff up and I want them and I want them to get excited. We are a STEM based um STEM based program which means that anything in the science, engineering, technology or mathematics area, so anything in that field we, we really want to stress that to our students. Um so yeah, that's pretty much a roundabout of what we offer and more than anything just really making students excited to 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 attend college. Right on. What what is has been in your three months already in the in, in your position? What has been the most challenging or rewarding aspects of your position? So I am the only one holding the fort right now as a director. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And I say this because it's very important and, and, and this is why. So 
the that has been the most challenging part i'm currently in the process of hiring my team my team will be super small but it's going to be extra help and i can really use that extra help so that has been the challenging part i think just being able to juggle a little bit of everything right now i'm the one visiting our high school sites i'm the one planning our saturday sessions doing this doing that so i don't have enough hands to do it all um just really staying being being really soft on myself because I have been really rough lately just because I care. I really care about this program. I really care about, you know, my kiddos. That has been the challenging part. However, the re most rewarding thing is that because, you know, in a position my like how I am, I'm building my own program. I am doing everything from scratch. So when I get my team, like I'm going to be I'm going to be training them and um I it, and it has helped me to to grow and prepare prepare more of myself as a leader who I want to be for my team because I am a true believer of leadership helping your your staff team out and stuff like that. I, there has been a lot of bad days. Today has just been uh it has been one of those and this is a great way to end the day, you know, by by being here and sharing my story. Uh being uh, being solo, I will say that you will often come with a lot of bad days, but I was just at a conference last week. Shout out to my St. Cal West Stop family, mi familia. Going to that conference, oh my goodness, it completely, it made a difference to me. I feel different mentally. Yes, I'm still crazy running around, like running around. I literally have felt like a chicken all day just running around because there's just so much that is piling up. But mm -hmm. being able to network, that has been like the most rewarding. Like I never would have thought that trio, I know trio, there's like, we go to these conferences as directors and we go to these places, but there is actually a familia. There's a, there's a different world outside of this. And I got to witness that. And that's, that was just my first ever conference. I can only imagine moving forward, the other conferences that I'm going to be getting exposed to. And I cannot wait, but I would say that's the most challenging. Yes, it's hard to be by yourself, but at the same time, it's, you're growing. And I feel like I'm growing. Like I've, I've, I, I've been telling some of my colleagues, I'm adulting. I'm becoming more of a bigger adult <laughs> being by myself. Absolutely. The adulting is kicking in. Yeah. Um, what skills would someone need to have in order to be in the job and trio in the field of education that you're in? I would say be a leader, not a boss. And the, and what does that mean? Being able to really lead. So it's not about you talking at your staff, but you talking with your staff. I'm a mm -hmm. true believer of that. Uh, being able to be patient, be a listener. Like if yours, if being, um, someone in this field, especially as a director, I need to understand that my team is going to have bad days and I need to be there to listen to them. I need to support them in every way. Yes, we might have a lot going on, but at the end of the day, if my staff team is not taken care of, we, we are not going to progress. We're not going to be, you know, our best selves doing that. So really putting yourself out there, I would say, uh, that's something that can be a lot of, a lot, really scary for people, but my, like, I, I envision my staff team, like, I want, I want to push them for them to, you know, go to this conference or for them to go to this event so they can get exposed to, like, I'm the type that I want them to move on up. Like, yes, I, I work, it would crush me to lose them, but I want them to move on up and being able to have those type of skills where you are, you know, you're taking risks and hopefully you are, you are, Discussing those risks with your supervisors or your deans because it is very important as well to to report back. Um, and of course, at the end of, at the end of the day, it's it's for the benefit of the students for the program. But 
but really giving, uh, really being that, that true leader aspect. I mean, I worked with tutors um, back at West Hills and I always made sure to really be that leader. Like, Hey, and what I mean by a leader is not, and not only just telling them like, Hey, I need you to do this, but how's your day going? How can I support you? Like that's what really helped. That's what really kept our, our, our background, like our relationship strong. Right on. Um, what advice would you give to TRIO participants, whether they're pre-college, in college, thinking about grad school, or maybe some of those that are thinking about, I want to go to college? What advice would you give to them? First, I would say, don't let your current situation be your final result. Because things happen, you might have a plan, but that's why you plan for plan B you and you plan for plan C. Next, life is um, life is about the journey, not the destination. Again, I wanted to be a teacher, but now look where I am at. I am directing the, uh, an upper bound math and science program in a two-year institution, which I never thought would have ever happened. I am still in this journey. I still have no idea where I will be 10, 20 years from now, hopefully making an impact, hopefully still working with students. Uh, don't be too hard on yourself more than anything. I know sometimes we really hurt ourselves because we didn't turn that last assignment or we didn't we didn't deliver that speech correctly. But at the end of the day, you do your best. And I I have had to remind myself about that several times, especially being by myself. It's not an easy thing. But it's just if we are hard on ourselves, it's because we care. But at the same time, don't hurt yourself over it. You know, life happens. It's okay. Take a breather. Take a step back and come back to it tomorrow. And then more than anything, um, find your people, find those people that are going to uplift you, whether that's a life coach, whether that's your best friends, your counselor, those people are going to really help you. Like for me right now, it's not only it's my family, my family has been my big support. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my trio colleagues, they have, they have been like, now I'm often texting like these directors, like, Hey, what does this mean? What does that mean? Like, they've been super supportive. Um, and also like even you know my friends too, being able just to kind of have some time to, to relax and kind of enjoy, um, and stuff like that. And also my educators here on campus, they have been a really, a really big support. I mean, I cannot tell you, I, I still have a lot to learn here in this institution, but so far everyone has been super, um, super nice. Um, at least in, you know, in my area and, and, and in our department, they have been super, super helpful. Um, just ensuring that everything is in, pl- in everything's in place. Um, and then of course, more than anything, just really practicing self-care, um, having, you know, having that support again, you know, my boyfriend has been super, like super amazing. He's always constantly reminding me like, Hey, you got this, you know, like, don't give up. Uh, that has really been, you know, a huge help, but more than anything, like I said, going back to like, just because right now it's rough doesn't mean it's going to be rough all the time. You know, there's, uh, um, storms don't last forever. The rainbow will eventually come out pretty soon. Wonderful. That's great advice. Uh, if you had the opportunity to talk to every single trio professional across the United States and its territories, what would you say to them? What advice would you give or what what's something you would say? I would say don't ever stop reaching out to your peeps, especially to those new people like myself, because we need <laughs> your help. We need you. Oh, my goodness. I would definitely stress that out because you'd be very surprised how important, how big, how much of a big difference it makes when you reach out to, you know, that person. I, 
I've been in contact with this director from Chicago, and we never met. We're that we definitely plan to meet in one of our car, uh, one, one conference coming up next year. And so just the fact like how we already interacted, we already, you know, zoomed in and stuff. Like, and he's, and he's offered me his help. He's like, I got you, you know, don't worry. I got you, you know, new friend. And so it feels really nice. So don't ever stop reaching to people, whether it doesn't, doesn't matter if they're, they've been in the position over 10 years, 20, whatever, if they're really new, reach out because it really makes a difference. At least for me, it really does. And also, you know, sch- schedule those Zoom you know go out to dinners you know keep that bond alive like I constantly have these check-ins at times with like my up to this day I still you know we have a chat uh, a a chat um with my um, former library department and I'm always constantly sharing what I'm doing over here like sometimes I'll be like okay guys I'm not showing off okay maybe I am but this is what I'm doing today so but small things like that it helps me to remember who I am and where I started. It's super important to me. Uh, you know, the profession, the profession world is, it can be very, it can be very overwhelming, but just, just, just doing that outreach is going to be a huge difference. Sometimes I reach out to folks just sending a quick email, like saying, Hey, how are you doing? Or I saw this online and it reminded me of you. Like I'm that type of person to reach out because I know how it feels like and it can really change your day completely. Absolutely. Are there any books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, or any other general entertainment activities that you would recommend to the audience? So when it comes to entertainment, like I'm not, I really don't have time to watch movies and TV anymore. But when I do, um, I strongly suggest for entertainment, this show will not fail. Like if you're having the worst day, it'll make you laugh. It'll really get you out of your seat because that's how I am. I go really all out. Um, Let's make a deal with Wayne Brady. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I've heard of this. Yes. Like it's kind of like the show, like the price is right. Like shows like the wheel of fortune. I mean, I also watch those from time to time, but Wayne Brady. Oh my gosh. That, that show, that show is amazing. That I would one day, that's one of my goal actually to go to that show one day and win those prizes. Win the big deal. Yes. One day it's going to happen. So I, and I, I would say that show, um, I know a lot of people are often like into like Netflix and stuff nowadays. I know like really good shows like The Good Doctor. Oh, that one's so good. I yeah. highly encourage people to watch it. No, it's super long. I know a lot of people are reading into like Greg Greg's Anatomy or something like that. I've never watched it, but people say it's good. Um, but at least for me, entertainment wise, I mean, I used to watch a lot of novelas back in the day, but I just don't have mm, the time yeah. anymore. It's an investment um, to, to really watch yeah, novelas. Yeah, it is. It is. And so I, and I feel back in the day, they were like, I don't know. I feel like they were more better. Like today, they just, I, I don't know, but, but, but that's just me. Um, and in addition to books, I mean, I've read so many books during the pandemic. I read a lot, but I would say the greatest you by again, Trent Shelton, live like a monk and the A rules of love by Jay Shetty. Jay, Sh- Jay Shetty is actually a really well known influencer. I, I'm sure all of, you know, all of us have seen many videos that he's done um live online and you know he has also a podcast which is called on purpose um trend also has a podcast it's called straight the straight up podcast highly encourage those two podcasts for anyone out there that is just wanting to you're just wanting to get better in your life you're you're really trying to find your purpose um really great guests that they talk about the importance of self-care that those two podcasts really they really helped me during during my most challenging times there's a bunch of other ones but I think for me, I would say those would be like the the best that I would encourage. And any type of leadership books, um, 
Yeah, that's a really big, that's a huge thing for educators out there. All right. Now I'm going to ask you the hardest question that I've had to ask on this podcast. Describe oh. yourself using only one word. Oh, so you put it really hard right there. <laughs> one word. Oh my gosh. There's, <laughs> I, um, I'm in between two, but this one, I feel like it does not fail because it's just, I honestly feel it. And I would have to say inspiring inspiring i Ins love that yeah. inspiring just because i can be having the worst day like today was not a good day and you probably would not even notice even you know you know here recording this you probably won't even you know realize that it was a bad day but i i'm the type of person that i can find i can find things to get inspired it can be like a simple like oh i see the sunset i get inspired to do something or i'm just sitting eating an ice cream and then i think about something and i get inspired so i think all of everyone that knows me like they'll say that you're so inspiring like and because that's just and i've and i've i've made a change in people's lives and i see it because that all has come back to me but yeah inspiring would have to be the top one i feel like right on we're gonna use that the title to your podcast episode yes Wonderful. Catherine, it was such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. I hope to have you on again soon to provide updates. Let us know how the program yes. is doing and everything. Let's follow up. Yes, for sure. So, Catherine, we do have a tradition on the Let's Talk Trio podcast where we have the guests sign off. Uh, do you care to do the honors? Yes, absolutely. So, hi, this is Catherine Ibarra, and I am the director of Trio Upperbound Math and Science program at College of the Sequoias. I attended California State University Fresno for my bachelor's degree in English education and attended Grand Canyon University for my master's in psychology with an emphasis in life coaching. I want everyone listening to leave you with this. No matter how high you go in life, remember where you started. Stay humble. Appreciate gratitude to the fullest. Do your best. And more than anything, be yourself. Treat people how you would want to be treated. Trio works. That was our guest, Catherine Ibarra, who is the director for the Trio Upward Bound Math Science Program at the College of the Sequoias. Thank you, Catherine, for being on the podcast and for sharing your trio story. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast or know a staff, advocate, participant, or alumni, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jeff Naputi, Angelica Valdez, Rosario Riley, Felicia Rivera, TrioJobList.com, Jaded Electronics, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can sponsor the Let's Talk Trio podcast in one of three ways. Become a monthly patron on Patreon. Our base patron level starts at a dollar a month. Become a corporate sponsor by placing an ad on our podcast. Contact us for details. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our handle is at Let's Talk Trio. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. 
Amelia Castañeda, Script Supervisor, Marketing Manager, Social Media Manager, and Producer. Juan Rivas, Executive Producer and Host. This episode was recorded Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. We are in an election year. I strongly urge our listeners to exercise their right to vote. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.